Hello, and welcome to another episode of Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby once again. Uh, we got another college football week, so we're doing round two with our good friend Chuck Cape. Chuck, how's it going? Good. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing well. Just enjoying some beautiful fall weather. We got footballs back. We got SECs back. We got, I don't know, it's just... It just feels more right at home now that we got the weather. And if, we, if we could only tailgate. I know. I heard something funny to where they're like, the one time we have 19,000 fans is when we have a September game that's under 70 degrees. I know. If, if we had the whole stadium, it'd be, you know, 105 like Texas A&M last year. I know. So those are the, don't live in this area. So in, in South Carolina, you always get at least one September home game where it is just blazing. Like humidity's 90% uh, degrees. You're sweating, no tree coverage and you love it. I mean, it, it's, it's football and it's so excited. But then if you play like a team, that's more of a, a tune up game for the team kind of a, a game. I mean, it's just, it just feels like it's just so hot. And then the one time it has 19,000 fans and you can't tailgate is when it's, it's like wonderful it's weather, 70 degrees, yeah, just, the irony is just funny, but yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that, it though. That Texas A&M game, it was like a hundred. It was like a hundred and thirty-five on the field, and uh, it, it was just ridiculously hot. And then uh, Saturday, the high was sixty-eight, and cloud, a little bit of cloud cover. Perfect football weather. I love it. Um, I was just bringing up the lines here. No, you're good. Yeah. You know, so, we have a game tonight. Oh, one of the games is on tonight. Okay. So we're recording this on a Thursday night. So one of your games is right before. Well, the- not, I, I don't particularly have a favorite in this game. I just want to let you know this. UAB in South Alabama plays at 730. Ooh. So that's right. It's, it's UAB minus seven and a half. The over-under is 47 and a half. I don't really have a strong feeling either way about this game. I think UAB's got a great defense. South Alabama's got a really potent offense. If I was, if you put a gun to my head and made me take one, I'd probably take South Alabama in the points. Really? But, okay. But I don't really like the game either way. I'm going to watch it because it's college football. <laughs> there you go. That's a, I mean, that's a great way to talk about college football. One, and then go watch them. I would think – I, I I have a feeling that that one it was forty seven and a half. I could see it being on the over on that. Just gut reaction, just because if both offenses start going. But here's the thing, though. Now that I'm thinking about it, is that I feel like offense in general hasn't been as strong. Like that's been taking some time. So who knows? I'm not really sure. But man, I love almost it. almost all the games have hit uh, under his hit this year. Yeah, the offense is really. Now I'm thinking about the offensive struggled. So I'm probably, I'm, I'm going to say that we're away from that and, one anyway. And if, if you take a look at total points this week, the majority of them are in the 50s and the 40s. So That's evidently Vegas has caught up to that trend that the offenses aren't quite ready, don't yeah. have their timing down, things like that. Yeah. Hmm. So just I'm just looking back at our ones from last week. Uh, so we we're talking about about on the podcast. So, uh, Chuck, so how did you do last week with the, all the the games that we were talking about? The ones we ended up picking, I think we went six to three. The my, the ones I liked, of course, I liked Louisville. You like Miami? 
Mm-hmm. I liked. Um, See, I know you had. I, I have on here. We both had Duke, the minus yeah, six. Yeah, against Boston College. Yeah, Baylor Houston didn't happen. Um, yeah. UCF Georgia Tech. We both took UCF. Yeah, uh, we won that and, they, and they and they won that spread. Yeah. Um, the App State one uh, didn't work out, unfortunately for you. Um, let me see. Let me see what uh, uh, I'm. The Notre Dame one you hit, I missed on USF covering by a lot. Um, okay, you had over over Oklahoma State was definitely under with Tulsa because Tulsa played way up to that. So I think I think that's about it. So pretty much yeah. we we hit on most of them, and then a couple of them. Oh, yeah, and then we had uh, we had South Florida versus Notre Dame over forty nine and a half, which hit. Mm-hmm. We had Central Florida minus eight and a half, which hit, and we had SMU minus fourteen, which hit. Um, we had uh, Liberty plus fifteen, Syracuse. Uh, plus 21, which both of those hit, and um, Notre Dame minus the 23 on that card. Um, so we hit we hit that parlay. <clears throat> it was Notre Dame, Liberty, and Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And then we hit the total of Florida, uh, South Florida, Notre Dame over 49.5, Central Florida minus 8.5, SMU minus 14. Uh, we lost Louisville. Uh, lost Wake Forest mm. and lost the uh, um, who played Boston College? Uh, Duke. Uh, Duke. Yeah. And we lost Duke. And those were all on the same parlay. So we went six and three. Six and three. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I misread that. Yeah, Duke definitely didn't beat Boston College. Oh, yeah, Duke. Yeah, uh-huh. I'd heard about Boston College all summer long. There's mm-hmm. one sportscaster, Walt, that's really high on Boston College. Oh, yep, yep. <clears throat> he said they got a great offensive line. They have a new quarterback. They have a new coach. He said that's going to be a surprise team. I really didn't listen to him. I thought Chase Bryce had a great game against Notre Dame. I thought they'd go in there with good timing, good offense. But Boston College just dominated that whole game from start to finish. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> and they, I mean, they controlled from the line. You could tell that the offensive line play was just a different level for them. And I really thought that you could just tell Chase just didn't have time. You could just tell that. It, I don't know if it's anything against him. I think just they're, he's older, but he hasn't really started before. And then you could just tell that Duke was just kind of a young team that just couldn't – they just couldn't get anything going. They just had one run that was big, but then after that, they didn't have anything going for him. He had no time back there in the pocket. None. Which is one of my games this week because it seems like with the shortened, no spring practice, getting your offense in, in, in you know, in timing, mm-hmm. then – the team with the most dominant offensive line usually ends up winning the game. Mm-hmm. So we, we have an upset here this week that has probably one of the best lines in the country. Um, 
they were playing a wide receiver at quarterback last year and did and still went to a bowl game and won it. So one of our underdogs is Kentucky plus the points. Kentucky plus the points. Against Florida. Against Florida. Is it Florida? I have Florida playing Old Miss. Is that right? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Kentucky versus Auburn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Auburn. Okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, now, the only thing that concerns me a little bit on that game is Auburn's got <clears throat> Chad Morris now. Mm. So we don't know what his offense is going to look like in, at Auburn. Right. But he's not very well known for his working with quarterbacks. <clears throat> So how that Bo Nix comes out this year is, is probably going to tell you how far Auburn's going to go. But I think Kentucky's got a probably the best offensive line in the country. And they have a quarterback that hasn't taken a lot of reps, <clears throat> but he's a quarterback, not a wide receiver like they had last year. Which so that I was still effective. <laughs> it, it was. I mean, they just ran the ball, but. I still think Florida will probably end up winning the game, mm-hmm. but I just don't think they'll cover the 14 and a half points. I think Kentucky will score its share points and it'll keep the, it'll run the ball and keep the ball out of Florida's hands. Trask is not a really deep thrower. I mean, they play their offense within a 20 yard box. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't see it a high scoring game. Therefore I, I think the, the 14 and a half points with a low scoring game will probably be the pick. That's who we like, Kentucky. You like so you like Kentucky and the Auburn game. Because that Plus was the 14. Is that the 14? Okay. Um yeah, because I have Florida playing Old Miss 13 and a half, and then Kentucky Auburn seven. Yeah, it's Kentucky Auburn. I thought it was Florida. I keep saying Florida. I don't know why. I'm sorry. No, no it's okay. I'm just trying to make sure I, I'm reading this right. Uh, yeah. you are. It's, it's Auburn that I keep talking about, and 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 I just switched there at midstream when I started talking about uh, Trask. But I was talking about Bo Nix, and you guys talking about Trask. Trask. Um, I, I I still think that the Kentucky Auburn's a really interesting pick because they're definitely going to be sleeping on Kentucky in this. I've heard that this is a year for Auburn as a step up for them. That some people really like. Speaking of also Walt, he really likes Bo Nix, um, and that I think with Chad Morris, it will be a step up. It'll be interesting to see with this first week, like how will that translate? And so, yeah, you're going. So, are you still going Kentucky? Like Kentucky, covering, Kentucky's covering the spread. I'm gonna go, Auburn. I'm gonna go Auburn, and the reason I because I, I have them, I, I think it's gonna be like eight. Or I think it'd be like, you know, some kind of weird, like eight or nine. Cause seven and a half is like a weird, basically you're saying, is it more than a touchdown or not? Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go over, but just like, I think it's gonna be under a two score game and where Kentucky still has a chance towards the end, but yeah. I think Kentucky's and yeah, I, I like, I like that pick that makes it really interesting with them in the East. This I apologize. Week. I don't know why I kept saying Florida. It's okay. They all, um, <clears throat> My mind is gone today. They all start mixing together. Well, you know, it was, ru- on- it was rushing in here and being being on live by sixteen. <laughs> it's all good. Well, since we just were talking about it, let's let's talk about Florida Ole Miss. Um, so that was interesting because 
Florida, I think for some people on a national scale, I've heard of as the SEC team to come out and make the playoff. Now, I don't know how much close that is, but I've heard of them coming out and being in the playoff. Now, for me, I would really want to see how Trask evolves into the second year. Because I think that's the thing for me with the SEC teams is that I'm waiting to see somebody come out and be like the team this year or be the quarterback. So, and it's 13 and a half with Old Miss. And you got Old Miss's, um, it's got Lane Kiffin. Uh, so you got all new stuff. So they're not really sure what to see. Um, so I could either see, I feel like Lane Kiffin's either like, it's like a home run or it's a whiff kind of a game. You know, yeah. either like Florida, it's like close and we, it, like all this, or it's, it's a whiff. I'm going to go with it's on the road. It's early in the season. We talked about how the offenses are struggling a little bit. I'm going to go old miss to cover. I Florida's still going to win, but I'm going to go old miss to cover. I, I didn't have that game, but I don't disagree with you because I think that, uh, I mean, Lane Kiffin walked into a, a program that's got a dual threat quarterback mm-hmm. that ran almost over on everybody last year. Yeah. He's got some athletes here. He has proven himself to, uh, uh, to be kind of an offensive guru down at uh, FAU. And uh, I think, like I said earlier, Florida plays in like a 20-yard box. I don't think Trask has the arm to throw downfield. And I think it's going to keep that Mississippi defense in that 20-yard box. And I think it's, it's, uh, it's probably going to be a closer game than what the spread is. But I didn't pick that, but I, I agree with you. Okay, cool. I like it. Um, all right. So what, what's, what's your next game on the schedule then? Uh, well, we can go on the next one in order. I, I have Miami, Florida state. Oh, that, that was, I, that was me really fun. I feel like. If you're a Miami player, it might be fun. <laughs> well, I guess I'm saying fun because it's a rivalry game, but maybe not as much in the actual game. No, you know, the, these teams, no matter how great and how bad, one of them are they always play each other with a high intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is going to be the best defensive line that Miami has faced. I mean, Louisville's line didn't give them much of a challenge and University of Alabama, Birmingham didn't give them much of a challenge. So this is going to be the, the best defensive line they faced so far. Mm-hmm. The issue that I think with Florida state is on the offensive side of the ball. They just can't score. Their line play for several years has been bad. Blackman, bless his heart, he's been beat up, but he's just not the quarterback that's going to take him to the next level. But one interesting uh, fact with Miami and Florida State is like eight out of the last ten years, the under has – one, mm. it's always been under the total. So I personally on the game, I like Miami because I think they can score on Florida State. Yeah, but the, I think the better play is the Miami. Oops, sorry about that. The Miami Florida State under the total, which is uh, I just had it here. 
Well, while you're looking for it, I'm in this game. I I just like Miami in it, and I think that also it's at home for Miami. Uh, Mike Norvell is not coaching that game for Florida State due to COVID reasons, which is also another interesting twist to it. Uh, well, we might it might be better. <laughs> who, who knows? I don't know. I'm for for college football. I think it'd be really fun if this game was close because Florida. Florida State Miami is one of those rivalries that it's fun to watch for college football, but I'm going to go Miami because I think they'll win by two touchdowns and they got that kicker who was just booming field goals. So I'm going to go that they cover that 11 points and just probably get it because I think it's at least two touchdowns. I think Florida State in these rivalry games, a lot of times, even the under will, they make it close or they don't go away until late. So I could see I could see Miami doing something like that, maybe a 14, 17 kind of a score. I, d- I do like Miami, but I like the under fifty three uh, a little bit better. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it, it it should be one of those games where it's either you know twenty one to seven, twenty four to ten, or something like that. So they'll probably cover the spread mm-hmm. and and get under the total. So, um, let's see some. Of the, let's talk about some of the other games. Uh, you have uh, Mississippi State and LSU, mm-hmm. and of course LF, LSU has had an exodus of, of people. Yeah, but Mike Leach has been with Mississippi State. He didn't inherit a, a quarterback that's been in a system. Yeah, you know he he. Makes every quarterback a four thousand yard passing quarterback, no matter who plays for him. Mm-hmm. But I think early in the year, LSU still has enough horses to where they're going to keep the score down. So we actually like the under forty four on the Mississippi State LSU game. Under forty four, I yeah. could I could see that because realistically, Mississippi State is going from. I mean, they're that's one of the biggest changes of identity under like a Georgia tech going from a spread option to like a, a more traditional uh, or, or an option going to more traditional Mississippi state is going from like a, a power run team to an air raid under Mike Leach. So I, I, I could really see that because I've heard good things about this Brennan guy. It's super hard to follow what Joe Burrow did, but I've heard good things about him and LSU has, has been known in recent years to have strong running attack. So I could see LSU just basically just playing keep away and just wearing and he can, he, But he can throw the ball. Make no yeah. mistake. He can throw the ball. Yeah. I'm, I think, I think he'll be good. I, I definitely like LSU in this game. So, but I could see the under 44. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, skeptical of the point simply because LSU still has a lot of talent on offense. They've lost a couple receivers. Defensive mm-hmm. back, defensive line had opted out. Right. And um, uh, Brennan can throw the ball. There's no question. But they have new running backs now and uh, and a new offensive line. Almost every offensive lineman left. And, you know, they were able to, to get a lot done with that extra receiver by running a five-man line and no tight end in there to block for them. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they- I mean, that opened a lot of things for them. 
they were doing the zone blocking and they have one of the best tight ends. Now they, they still have the best tight end recruiting. Um, they got him this year. He's a freshman, but gone is Moss. But with five receivers out there in the field and only five men back blocking, they were able to control most of the blitzes and rushes. This new line, I don't think it's going to be able to do that. So I, 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 I presume they could possibly cover the spread, but I think that the under 44 is a better bet because we see offenses in this COVID era being a little more slower to develop than the defenses. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I could really see that. It's kind of like that early in the season in baseball. It happens a lot where the pitching and defense translates a lot faster than the offense. I mean, offense, you see that a lot late, but yeah, I could, especially early in the season, it's going to take these offenses a while to get, to get going. Yeah. All right. Let's see um, what you got next on the, on the slate. Uh, well, we have the NC state Virginia tech game. Okay. Now Virginia tech, this is their first game. they the first one against Virginia was postponed or yeah, it was postponed. NC state's got a game under their belt. I like their new offensive coordinator. I like what he's doing with their quarterback. Um, I like the fact that he's, they're doing a lot of bubble screens, a lot mm-hmm. of out patterns, a lot of 10 yards down the, they're getting the defense to bite up and then they're going long. They have some good receivers Virginia Tech, I think, is in a little state of disarray. They've had some COVID issues there. Mm-hmm. They've had some suspension issues there. Uh, they still have a great quarterback. But for some reason, I just think that having that that game under NC State's belt uh, is going to help them. So we like NC State minus the six and a half. Minus six and a half. Do you, do you have NC State winning outright or just the points? Well, yeah, winning by seven. Winning by seven. Okay. You know, I I kind of like that too. As I'm looking at this and thinking about it, I think Virginia Tech's a good team. However, they've been one of these teams, you're right, they've been hit kind of hard. I'm even hearing rumors that they might have to start a third-string quarterback in this game. And I'm looking at the over-under. It's 56 and a half. I think that this is just me one of those games where it'll just be very tight. And close together, you'll have the defenses having to get some key stops. I mean, 56 and a half just seems too high for me. So when I'm going this, I would probably bet the under in that. Because I could yeah. see this will be like a a 20 to 14 kind of a game. And yeah, I don't doubt that. I'm, I'm going to take NC State, but I'm going to take NC State just the points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um... – we like we like Baylor. Oh yes, against Kansas. Minus the seventeen and a half against Kansas. I mean, Coastal Carolina went out to Kansas and just beat them around like small children. So uh, I think Baylor's got the horses to do it. So we like the Baylor minus seventeen and a half. Yeah, I think I think that's a good a good call. I think Baylor will take care of that, and I think that's also more just just saying that Kansas is, it's just not there yet of what, of just being able to stop what Baylor can do on offense. No, and they showed some promise last year. They, they had should. some great games. They had a great yeah. rushing attack. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Course, it's Coastal Carolina 
don't get me wrong, they're a team to be reckoned with in their division because they are stout. Yeah, they can play. Yeah. They have a new offensive coordinator, and he has changed everything in there. Um, the other one that we just absolutely love is BYU minus the 14 against Troy. Oh, BYU minus 14. And I'm assuming you're saying you like – you're having BYU. Like, you're taking those points all day long. Yeah. I'm giving I, up 14. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's – I mean, for, when you said that out loud, I was like, that seems kind of low. Because, like, he, Chuck's been looking at these, and, and he, he preps them before the show, and I'm doing this a little more live. But as I'm looking at that, that's just, that's just too low after what they did to Navy. Like, I mean. Well, Troy is a really good team now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can compete with anybody. Yeah. I mean, they gave, they gave Clemson a scare a few years ago. Well, and they, they had a game last week that they were in it, you know, till the end. But BYU seems to be on another level with this offensive line play. Right. I mean, yeah. they are literally running people over. And again, we talked about it after the first week. These are 24, 25-year-old guys. They're not only mentally mature, they're physically mature. Mm-hmm. A regular college has 18 to 20-year-olds that are still trying to fill out their shoes. These kids have been on the missions and come back, and they're, they're in their mid-20s. Yeah. They're serious about it. They, you know, they don't make mental errors. The offensive line just dominated Navy. I mean, like Navy wasn't even there. Yeah. And I feel like that that Troy probably on the Division One level is a little undersized on the defensive line. Oh, they're they're a great team. Yeah. I, I just can't help to to take BYU minus fourteen. Right. And yeah. And I think that's just more saying that just the size advantage that BYU has because Troy can. Yeah, I agree. Just because that's when I'm thinking about that, I'm just I, I'm picturing just how. BYU just could run up the middle on Navy. Now Navy hadn't done any tackling, but just the offensive line. So I just just think, yeah, just think it's a little too low. But I think Troy will keep it respectable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they're not going to get embarrassed. But I just think fourteen points in BYU's offense, they can just run the ball all day. Yeah, not even yeah. throw a pass. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I personally I looked at the Alabama game, and uh, uh, they're they're playing. Um, let me see who they're playing. Playing Missouri. Yeah, and and it started at twenty seven, went up to twenty eight points. I think Alabama can cover it, but I, I have a kind of a rule of thumb. 24 points or more in a conference game, I don't care if it's the best team in the conference and the worst team in the conference. I, I'm out at that. Yeah. Simply because Alabama's a program that's had continued success, a lot like Clemson. They're going to play more than one quarterback. They're going to play more than one line. They're mm-hmm. going to play more than, than one defense. So I, I, I just – even though I, I'm pretty – you know, if you ask me, I would probably say that Alabama would cover that, but I just don't like giving up that many points. Um, fair. Because really, you're asking that's a more than a three score win. Like if if three touchdowns is twenty one, you're really almost saying it's a four score game. Yeah, in a conference game, it's just yeah, I agree. It, it, it's a little high. 
And mm. I don't think Missouri's got anything, but who knows? We never hear anything out of Missouri. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last thing we, as Clemson fans, heard was when Kelly Bryant went there. But I don't know. I, I yeah, that one. I think I, I think I would go slightly under just because of all the new, just new quarterback, just some newness to it, trying to get guys playing time. Um, Missouri can get, you know, on a second team defense, like happened with Clemson awake, they cover late, you know, yep. kind of a score. And that's why from a line perspective, I agree. I would probably just stay away because there's too many. Yeah. With eight to 10 games. Yeah. With eight to 10 games, really what you want to do is win the game. And you want to prep your next, your, your, your second and third team players to have game time experience. So if you're in the fourth quarter and you're up by 28 points, you don't mind putting a four-string defense in to try to get them some playing time because right. you never know when you're going to call on them, especially now if somebody tests positive for COVID. So I think that the backdoor cover is always there in the fourth quarter in a conference game. Yeah, and, and, and as I'm looking at this, like Georgia-Arkansas is like the same, the same premise, you know, uh, with, with Alabama – Missouri, a similar style, 27 and a half on the road. Even though I probably believe in Missouri more than I do Arkansas, but Georgia's supposed to be really good. But I think I just want, I want to see it in person. Like I'm hearing stuff about Pickens. I'm hearing that they could have a really good offense. But to me, I would want to wait and see them a little bit before I start jumping on with them. It's just another example of one probably just I would stay away from. Yeah. And then, you know, I've been going back and forth with this Tennessee-Carolina game. Yeah. I just don't know what to make of it. So, I mean, both teams desperately need to win this game. Yes. Yes. Muschamp has just got to – cannot lose at home after he lost up in Tennessee last year. Mm -hmm. Tennessee, you know, they have great expectations. This – this is probably going to be the best game of the weekend to watch, honestly. I, I agree. I agree. Both teams desperately need to win this game. And I, I'm not sure. I, I think it could swing either way. So what we started taking a look at was the over-under. Mm. And the number is 44. <sighs> and even though it's a little bit low, I still like the under in it. You like the under. Okay. I like the under. I think it's going to be a 17-13 game. And it, I think it can swing either way. I think Tennessee can win it. I think Carolina can win it. I haven't seen this this quarterback that Carolina's starting since – well, he hasn't played football, uh, let's see, since the first of la- – the very – first or second game of last year is when he got hurt Mm -hmm. and uh he's not a a very mobile quarterback Mm. um but he's been in Bobo's offense out of Colorado State but I still think Tennessee's got some some great defensive players so I if I have to to pick the game and I want I want something on the game because when I watch it I want to be able to cheer one way or the other (laughs) without just hating Carolina Right. Um, so I, I think I like the under 44 in the Tennessee South Carolina game. The under 44, that's what you're going with. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, this game is very interesting to me because there's a lot of uh, ties to this game for me. So went to Clemson. So Clemson fans, you get used to get cheering against South Carolina. However, my wife went to South Carolina. So she's going to have some pull in this game. What's also kind of fun is that my best man at my wedding is a huge Tennessee fan. So when I was single, we were watching games all the time. Tennessee was the other game we would watch. And that was like the crazy year when Tennessee um, came back from a couple big ones when they had that big Hail Mary touchdown. I mean, yeah. uh, so this is just a very interesting game to me. I think I, this, I know that there's a lot of variables for both teams. I, I think that South Carolina is going to cover the three and a half. It's three and a half. I think they'll yeah. cover it. I'm actually, I'm going to go take South Carolina in this game, which as a Clemson fan sounds funny to say, but I think Carolina's got some stuff they can go with them. And Tennessee, I think the thing for me is I just don't trust is um, Guarantino, if I can say it right. Is he, is he still playing quarterback? Yes, he then, is. Okay. I it's thought, like he's been there for eight years. I know. <laughs> it's just one of those he feels like he's been there. I To me, I know he's been there, but I think I just trust – I feel like I could see this offense for Carolina kind of clicking enough to be able to take this one and win. And I think both teams need this, but South Carolina needs to win this game. Absolutely. Have to. Home opener. I think it's just a big deal and yeah. not playing Clemson this year. I mean, this is like do or die. I think getting close from us champ, you got a new offense. So I'm going to go Carolina in this game. It's going to be a nail biter, though. I think it. I think you're right. It's going to be the the best game of the weekend, just with a back and forth and just the competitiveness. It's going to be really fun to watch. But very- yeah, I, I think I'm looking forward to the Miami, Florida State, NC State, Virginia Tech, and the Tennessee Carolina game the most. Those are the three games I really want to watch this week. Yeah, I. It's going to be fun. Which Miami, Florida State, Tennessee, South Carolina are both at seven thirty. So we'll be switching channels. Or doing the dual screen. Yeah. All right. And the last one I have for you is going to come as a shock. Okay. But we've been watching the Central Florida. East Carolina can score. We like UCF minus the 27, but we also like over 77 for the total. Over 77 for the total. Over 77. East Carolina can score. They have a potent offense. Their defense is not so much that good. So I think it's going to be a just an absolute shootout. And if mm-hmm. you put that uh, Central Florida quarterback in a shootout, he, he may they may score fifty points themselves. Yeah, and if it's seventy-seven, then you don't have to have East Carolina score as much. No. That, I mean, that'd be fun. I think that yeah. I could, I could see it. I think UCF is going to be good, even though they've lost some people. 77 is just high, though, to me. Um, but if any, if any team can do it, it's UCF, I think. He's thro- he, throw- he threw for over 460 yards during it's his last game. Yeah. And he was off a little bit. They just didn't seem like they were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, this kid is potentially a Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah, uh, I think you may see him invited to New York at the end of the year if he keeps us up. Yeah, I mean, at, 
I like it. I mean, that that's a fun one. I, I always like at least having one high scoring game. So I don't know enough about East Carolina to 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 make a pick on that, but I mean, I I think UCF's a good a good team, even though they've lost some people. Yeah, and if you want if you want to see some yeah, if you want to see some scoring this weekend, Nick, yeah. watch the Central Florida East Carolina game and watch the Texas Texas Tech game. Yes, yes, that would be fun. Because I mean, Sam Ellinger he played one half and threw for over four hundred yards. So, uh, I don't know what kind of defense they have, but that'll tell you right there what kind of offense they have. Of course, it was it was with a lesser opponent, but I think that this Texas Tech-Texas game may end up like the uh, UCF-East Carolina game, just a shootout. Fun to watch. Well, we've, we've been due for a couple of those. We've had a lot of lower scores so far this year. You know, you got you got to get the graphic people's up at ESPN, gotten getting their tickers going. So they want to show. The I, I, I call them slugfest, the sluggo games, where it's like <laughs> twelve to nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've had a lot of those. Yeah, we need some more of those. I like it. Um, well, good deal. I'm I'm excited. I mean, we we haven't even talked about some of these games. We can we can kind of wrap it up, but just even thinking like we're not even talking about. Pitt Louisville, we haven't even mentioned as like both teams ranked lower in the twenties. It's a three point spread. Like is Pittsburgh for real? Is Louisville was that just kind of like a not say a fluke game, but like can they bounce back? It it feels weird so that you would want to stay away, but I think we'll learn a lot from those two teams from that yeah. game. You know, like yeah, I, yeah. Again, if if I if I had a gun to my head and had to pick, I'd pick Pittsburgh. Yeah, same. Louisville's got talent and speed all over the field, except where they need it, and that's defensive line. Mm. And I think Pitt can just run on them all day long. Yeah. Pitt. They cannot stop the run. Yeah. They have playmakers, though, so Pitt's going to have to score with Louisville because Louisville's going to score. Yeah. But I, I think they can, and I think they can keep probably the ball out of Louisville's offense's hands, but – Louisville's just got speed and talent all over the field, except for the defense front seven. Yeah. So, yeah, it just makes it interesting. I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, we got all these fun games. SEC's back, so I, it'll be fun to watch. We'll be another great Saturday to watch. And now we've got some more games to watch, and so you're, you got to get your whole setup going. Hey, the Mountain West wants to come back in. Yeah, I, I've even heard the MAC too. The Mac and the Pac-12. Um, you know, I would, I would love it. I think they'd be. I think I'd they'd say be bring them all. Yeah, I, if we. I, I kind of miss my late night games out on the West Coast. I don't get to see any after the eight o'clock games. You're done. I know. Someone said that on Twitter. It was something funny along the lines of like, I miss my late night games after like the kids go to bed and just watching this like. <laughs> Super late yeah. game on the West Coast, but Oregon, Southern Cal, or Arizona, Arizona State. I know, I know. absolutely, but it, it'll it'll come back. It's just sometime, and who, who knows? They might be right behind the Big Ten. So, um, well, cool. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for being on again. I'm excited we get to have some more picks as we get pumped for this weekend. Well, I'm I'm sorry about confusing Auburn and Florida. <laughs> It's all right. Same conference, at least. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I'm I'm glad to have the SEC back. I, I want to see some more games beside ACC and uh, um and the uh, Conference USA. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch some more. Right. Yeah. Me too. I think we just we just need some football in our lives. Is really what this comes down to. So I'm excited to 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 check back in with you next week and see how how we did because I think we'll learn a lot this weekend. I've just seen some some more teams in I, I think so too. And I think we'll, we'll we'll figure out the trends. Everything's just kind of been sporadic up until now. So let's see how we do, and uh, enjoy your college football weekend, Nick. You too, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. So yeah, and thanks guys for listening. So um, and for now, we are signing off.